want to talk to you about awakening in 2022. Uh, it's been a crazy couple of years. Like, I don't know how long y'all have lived. I've lived a really long time. I'm probably older than most of you here. <laughs> but um, I don't remember anything like this. And I don't, you know, you look back in history, and I know we've had several world wars, but that was different than what's happening now. Um, so I want to talk about that. Because, and I, and I want to share this with you, and some of it's going to be like a fire hose, and we're going to get deep into the Old Testament, the New Testament. We're going to kind of swing around everywhere. And, but I feel like, in a way, this year, the smoke is clearing. And it's not necessarily that we can look at it and go, oh, okay, everything's getting better. But I think what's happening is that the smoke is clearing for us and for the body of Christ. I think we're coming out of a very long generational slumber. Um, so let's review, okay? So 2020. Remember that? Two years ago? <laughs> it was really just two years ago. But it, it's like the whole thing was just this big shock. Like we were all just like, what is happening? Do, you know, we're hearing something, but it just doesn't, for those who had discernment, it's like, uh, doesn't feel like what you're saying is what the truth is. You know, we just don't, it just doesn't feel right, but I, but I, but I don't know that it's not right. I just feel something. And then, and then, uh, 2020 rhyme rolls around and we're like, oh, man. We're just really wishing and hoping and praying, God, we just need everything to go back to normal. So we spent the whole year really longing for 2019, <laughs> you know? We're like, okay, we hated the orange guy, but maybe it wasn't so bad after all. I don't know what's happening, but it's crazy what's happening. And I say that in humor. I say that jokingly, because what's happening is not about a man. It's about God and his people. And, and, and the truth is, is that no plague has ever in the history of the Bible has been brought about by man. It's all been God. I will shake everything that can be shaken so that my people will come to the desire of all nations. My people will turn and come to me. That's what's happening. God's in the business of getting his people out of their slumber because he's coming back. There is a day and an hour that he's going to show up in the sky and every eye will see him and every ear will hear the sound of the trumpet. Maybe it'll be a Sunday. I don't know. 
It says that no man will know the day and the hour, but we will know the season. Matthew 24 is very clear about that, that we can watch what's happening in Israel. And as it blooms, as that fig tree blooms, we know that we're in the hour and the day of his return. So, 2022. I think we're kind of coming out of the, well, we want it to return to normal. Because we're looking at the normal, and the normal is not what we thought it was. How many of you have seen the movie The Matrix? Right? Who saw the original? Like back in the 90s. And we were like, remember how cool that was? I mean, it was, it was cutting edge. You know, Keanu Reeves. I love that guy. I mean, he's a great guy, but thank goodness I didn't give him very many words to say. You know, he does great when he's surfing and he does good when he's like slow motioning after bullets pass by him. But other than that, you know. But the concept behind the movie is exactly what's happening right now. God was prophesying about the red pill and the blue pill. And so over the past couple of years, God's been... God's been handing us, do you want the truth or do you want to stay in deception? And a lot of us have been like, well, (laughs) I just wanted to be the way it was. And he was like, no, you don't understand. The way it was isn't good. You've been, you've been hoodwinked. But, but, but so all of us have been taking the red pill. Some of us are like red pill weary. It's like, oh, wow, what else is not what I thought it was? <laughs> I mean, it's kind of, you can go from A to Z. You're like, <laughs> what industry, what mountain of influence? You know, we just thought, I mean, we knew, but we didn't really know. You know, I remember like four years ago, I kept saying, there's, there's something afoot. There's something coming. There's, there's an army and it's not our army. There's an army on the earth that is evil and it's not a, and, 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 but the army of God, it, this is, I can feel it. I can sense it. I can be, I'm beginning to see that there is an army. And I kept thinking to myself, we are so behind the eight ball on this. It's like they got a head start out the gate and we're all, and I'm watching this and I'm thinking, Oh boy, oh boy. How did they get a head start? I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'll tell you, we've been asleep. We've been asleep. The real church, the one that takes dominion, the remnant that shuts and opens what no man can shut or open, that operates in love, authority, and power is rising up in the earth. She's been red-pilled. And she's kind of coming out of the shock of the red pill. She's coming out of the shock of the reality that things are not what we thought. And beginning to say, wait, wait, this can't stand. You see, the truth is there's tremendous activity right now in the spirit. The angelic have been loosed, and we can feel movement. We're not seeing it yet because it's happening on the inside. 
God's people are beginning to stir on the inside. They're beginning to to wake up. And you know, once you wake up a sleeping lion, it's hungry. And it begins to roar. And there's a church rising that's going to say, oh, I'm going to prophesy to those dead bones. There's an army out there that looks dead. Can these bones live, says the Lord? I don't know, Lord, only you know. And he's saying, I, you need to, though the remnant, the remnant that have been red-pilled are going to start speaking to these bones. And they're going to rise up a great and mighty army because the majority of the church is still sleeping. An army. Isn't it interesting that God called us an army more than he called us a church? He never called us an audience. We were not, we're not created to be spectators. But we are all participants in the kingdom. We're all created by God to bring heaven to the earth. We've been fully equipped. We are a new creation in Christ. We are the new breed. Fiery ones with fire on the inside of us that we are ministers like flames of fire. When someone encounters us, they need to get the fire. They need to all of a sudden feel the warmth of the Holy Spirit around us. Amen? Joel 2.11 says this, The Lord gives voice before his army, for his camp is very great. For strong is the one who executes his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who can endure it? All right, so let's talk about, let's talk about the red pill, okay? The last two years. Let's just talk about that for a minute. We were awakened to realize that our media, our source of information, is an assortment of lies and used as propaganda of an elite group of New World Order maniacal Satanists. I can't say it any clearer than that. We were awakened to realize that our nation is being ruled by compromised thieves who are selling America and enriching themselves through our earnings and hard work. Man, that hurts. Every single time now I pay taxes, John and I are just like, is there a tea bag anywhere around that we can throw in a harbor? <laughs> really? I mean, there's a Ponzi scheme going on. And listen, I want to be very clear to you. <clears throat> In my opinion, and and for those of you that know me, I don't care about what people think about me. What I do care is what God thinks about me. And let me tell you something. This 501c3 thing, it is is chains on the church. For 6,000 years... There was no 501c3. People gave because it was commanded by God. And look, you don't get that great of a tax incentive anyway anymore, so it doesn't really matter. 
And so the church needs to be loosed to speak the truth about what's happening in the world and what's happening with God's people or all of those who are made in his image but have forgotten who think that they're uh, confused in a gender or, or, or I don't know what kind of pronoun they're using or whatever kind of madness and insanity is right now. The only way the insanity stops is when God church begins to say that it stops. Yeah. All right. We were awakened to realize there is an epidemic of child trafficking, pedophilia, and sacrifice, child sacrifice, that is truly the most abominable act of evil that can be comprehended. I mean, we kind of knew this stuff was going on, but we didn't realize the level that it was happening. We didn't understand that they are using this, these elite Satanists are using this as fuel for their demonic activities and to fuel the power that they operate in. Because we're like, oh no, you know, Molech. All of those demons in the Old Testament, all of that kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore. Witchcraft, no, that's just, that's not real. We have been so incredibly naive. But hey, pass the donut. We were awakened to realize that we have lost many of our constitutional rights, including freedom of speech through a dystopian partnerships of government, corporation, and pharmaceutical companies. These corporations, through you and me, have actually made more money than most nations' GDP. So let's see, what is it? Pfizer made $1.7 billion, no, trillion dollars. This year. Now, what do you think they're going to do with that money? You think they're going to invest in healthcare programs where they're going to teach you how to exercise and eat right and herbs and natural remedies? And what are they going to do with that program? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were awakened to realize that our children have been brainwashed by schools starting from pre-K and culminating in colleges to believe anti-Christ, sexual perversion, anti-America, and anti-freedom. We were awakened to realize that our law enforcement, FBI, CIA, etc., are actually drug and human trafficking cartel, which uh, their objective is to protect illicit activities of corrupt politicians. Are y'all having fun yet? And look, hey, I want to tell you something. I unashamedly say to you, I am a patriot. I love this nation. This is the freest nation in the entire world. And you know why I love this nation? Because I love the opportunity that it presents to me and my family, to my friends, my community, and my children. And I want my children to have the same life that we've had, if not greater. But if things keep going the way that they are, and we don't say no, to this and stop it in its tracks, then our kids will be enslaved by the nonsense that's going on. All right. We were awakened to see that um, we have been sold to the highest bidder, China, that the Marxist and communist ideology has taken many of our politicians and people captive. 
We were awakened and shocked to see the insanity of how many people in America believe and follow the contradicting lies. They have come under mass formation psychosis. Yes, I said it. And they are under the spirit of the influence of the Antichrist. There is a spirit who's taken captive most people in the world where they look at something and they actually cannot with, with thought go, okay, let me use some critical thinking here and, and say, I don't understand why if you get a vaccine, you still get sick and the people in the hospitals are mandated to take a vaccine, but yet they're asking the nurses who have COVID and are sick to come in and to work at the hospitals while they're sick. It doesn't make any sense. It, it was seriously insanity what's happening. So, we actually have a, a dear friend, um, David Erb, Dr. David Erb. He's going to be with us. Um, in about three weeks and, um, and really talk a lot more about what's going on. And he, he has graphs, pie charts, whatnot. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. All of this is going on while the church entertained their people. Taught a subculture theology and a self-help doctrine. Which basically lulled us to sleep. Worship became about us. Man, that hurts. Because a lot of us, and I'll tell you what, I know a lot of the leadership in the church, and John and I are behind the curtain on this thing. And I'm telling you, man, um, it's very interesting how this machine works. And how to how the pressures to perform and how great they are on these pastors to create something and 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 have a machine to keep it going um dear friend of mine billy humphreys in um at ihop atlanta said that all of these pastors from these mega churches are coming to him going with what's happening in the world we don't have an answer for it and we don't know how to stop the machine that we've created because we realize that the machine is not the answer to what's happening. But we don't know how to get off that train. We don't know how to, we don't know what to do now. And really, that's where the church finds itself right now. Creating systems and cisterns that can't hold the glory of God. And that's what God is doing. He's creating a new wineskin right in, right, right before us. And I will tell you that, that these houses of prayer that have created a system around the presence of God in a house of prayer, that they've made prayer and worship center and central to everything they do. And we are one of 20,000 of those in the earth. There are 8 billion people in the world, and we are one of those 20,000 houses of prayer. 
that have said, no, it is this. It is this. It, it, prayer and prayer is not the grandmas in the back room, you know, once a week saying Shaba, Halabaha You know? It's not that. It is central. It happens in this house every single day. And we've been burning for 15 years. <laughs> digging a well of his presence so that God's people and this city will hear the voice of God. Because God told me years ago, if you teach them to pray, you don't have to tell them how to live. The church has come under just the burden of trying to carry and keep people running. It was never our job to fix you. This is not a 12-step program that God offered up. He had one step. It is called the Holy Spirit, the voice of God. He is a teacher, a counselor, a healer, a provider, a deliverer. And we want to step into that role going, I got a program. We have one program here, God. Prayer room, get in the prayer room. You got a problem? Get. Are you praying? I will help facilitate your healing, but I am not your healer. All right, let's talk about Babylon. Okay. So years ago, those of you that know, you know my story, all right? Okay, I realize it just felt like I took a hard right. <laughs> I did. But this is what I keep seeing in the spirit. I keep seeing an arch over the body of Christ. And this arch is Babylon. Because there was a beginning and there's an end. It's in the beginning. It's in Genesis. Babylon. Tower of Babel. Whoop. It shows up. Babylon all throughout the Bible. And then there it is. Book of Revelation. Guess what we're having to deal with again? Babel. Babylon. Still there. Whew. Boy. I know. I'm kind of excited. My voice is like... Bring it down. <laughs> All right. So we're going we're gonna to dive into it. It helps to know, by the way, for those of you who have not bought my, my book. So years ago, when I first got saved, I got saved by hearing the audible voice of the Lord. And he said, rebuild my temple. Okay? Well, having not read the Bible, not being saved, everything, I was kind of like, okay, what? I'm not Jewish. <laughs> Um, and then he said to me, I went into a, a, a vision and a trance and he said to me, which of course I was like, what is happening to me? Um, he said to me that what's coming is about Babel. It's about Babylon. He said, it's about Babylon. And I, and I, and I saw a pentagram and of course at the time I was thinking, well, I don't even know what Babylon is. So I asked John, I said, honey, what's Babylon? He goes, I think it's a tower. So the Lord said, okay, we're going to need some reinforcements. <laughs> we're going to need a couple of extra angels in there to just whisper in their ear and help them along the way. But this is 20 years in the making, this book. Everything that's happening today is in this book. The prophetic around this city is in this book. Line upon line, year upon year, 
word upon word, prophecy upon prophecy, what is happening to the body of Christ, what is happening in the earth right now, and what does it mean, God's rebuilt temple? What does that mean? Because if you get that, you're ready. You're prepared. It's like it's like the prepper's guide to the end times, you know? Spiritual. All right. So let's turn in your Bibles to Genesis 11. Okay, well, let's go Genesis 10. I'm sorry. Let's let's start there at uh, verse 8. All right, so you got this guy Nimrod. Um, Yeah, you laugh because, I mean, that name, you know. (laughs) Um, This is Ham's great-grandson. Okay, remember Japheth, Shem, and Ham? Noah's three sons. Well, Ham is the one that uncovered his father, and there was a curse on him, and so um, the sons of Ham were Cush, is one of them, and then Cush begot, let's start in verse 9, Cush begot Nimrod, he, now listen to this, listen how they phrased this, okay, he began, he began to be a mighty one on the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said, like Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. Verse 10, and the beginning of his kingdom was Babel. And there's some other cities there as well. Okay, we're going to move forward to chapter 11, verse 1. Now, the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they begin to do. Now nothing that they uh, purpose propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So so the Lord gathered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, because the Lord confused their language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Okay, so you read that, and you think to yourself... What's the deal? I mean, you can look around and you can see buildings that are certainly taller than the Tower of Babel, right? Well, what's up with this city? I mean, I don't understand why God is so upset. It doesn't really make sense until you dive a little deeper. The word Nimrod means to rebel. The name, Nimrod, means to rebel. The term mighty hunter 
refers to a hunter of animal or could refer to a hunter of men to enslave them. The worship, the, wor- the, uh, the word mighty is translated gebauer, and it means a powerful warrior, a giant, a tyrant, a strong one. It's the same word used to describe the giants from Genesis 6-4, the Nephilim and other wicked men throughout the Bible, but very few, it's used very few times. He established the first kingdom and the first universal false religion opposing God since the flood. He became the first ruler of the known world, the first new world order, and the first one world religion. So what he was doing basically is he was setting himself up as God. He was a wicked an evil man, and the curse that was on his great-grandfather had come down to come to the fullness through him. And if you study anything about the occult today and about what's happening with a lot of the child sacrifice that's happening, they believe through what they're doing and the, and the blood sacrifice of the innocents that they will recreate the spirit of Nimrod. It's crazy, but this is what they believe. Because the truth is, in the spirit, Babylon is active and alive in the earth right now. And we know this because we can look at the book of Revelation and realize it's going to be dealt with. It's the one thing that's coming down. The city whose name is Babel, Babylon. And so I wanna, I wanna, I wanna go there. Well, first, first, let me, let me just review this. All right. The word city here, where he says that he is building a city, that means an encampment of terror or rage. Look it up. Very interesting about this is that the crucifixion, did you know it didn't come out of the Romans? It came out of Nimrod. It was Nimrod's idea to kill people through crucifixion. And if you look at Babylon and how Babylon came against God's people over and over, what did they do? They enslaved them in their minds. Babylon, all the kings of Babel, what did they want for themselves? Worship. They wanted to enslave God's people. They wanted to kill God's children who were being born and give them up to Molech, right? Child sacrifice, bloodletting, blood drinking, whole thing still going on today. It's like, what? I hate this red pill. I hate the reality of this, that this, this kind of evil is happening Interesting that out of the scattering, as God scattered them all throughout the earth, and that was actually the command to to Noah. God told Noah, hey, I need you to disperse, and I need you to go populate the earth. But what they did is they all congregated in this one little city. And so what he did when he scattered them, or he changed all of their language, is he pulled away a tribe for himself out out of the inheritance or the legacy of Shem. And that's where Abram came from, from the blessings that Shem was operating in. 
But we have a hope that is in God. And God, who knew the beginning from the end, who's counted every hair on your head, and who knows you intimately, he is not about to let his people be taken under. And as we look at this today, we can see there's a Psalm 2 happening right now, that the kings of the earth have risen up, and they've all conspired, what? To take God's people out and to mock God. What are they doing? They're building their own towers. They're building their own cities in their own demonic way for their own worship. Right in front of God, just as Nimrod did. Nimrod was a type and shadow of the Antichrist that will come in the end of the age. He was a type and shadow of the one world, one religious government system that will try to enslave God's people. But God, what did he do in Psalm 2? He laughed. Think about it. There they are conspiring, like behind closed doors or in their special little compartments that they think nobody can hear. You know, it's like, well, these are the, the layers of steel on this door. And God's like, okay, I can still hear you. So he already knows. It's already in the book. He knew 4,000 years ago, 2,000, 2000 years ago, he knew as John was sitting there writing all of this down. So we've got Psalm 2. The answer to Psalm 2, turn in your Bibles, is Joel 2. Are you all still with me? All right, so you've got Joel 2. What's happening in Joel 2? Man, you have this incredible, like I said, maniacal army that's that's raised up in in verse 1 through 10. These guys are insanely strong. They are demonically strong supernaturally, demonically intelligent. They are demonically strong physically. They flow in perfect unison. I would not be surprised if this is some of the DNA people they mess with, the transhumanism. I don't know. But I can tell you, it's not going to get better for the earth. But for God's people who shine like the sun, they cannot come near us. You just go, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Not on my property, bro. (laughs) All right, Joel 2. All right, all of a sudden, so you've got, now remember I told you, these guys are ahead of us. How is it that they're sweeping the whole earth? How is it where we are, where we are? It's like we all got caught by surprise. But it tells us that in Joel 2. It said, no, 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 this army will be great and terrible, horrible. You will, there has never been anything in the history of the earth ever. But there they are, they show up. But it says in verse 11, that the Lord gives voice before his army. For his camp is very great, for strong is the one, which is himself, who executes his word. 
For the day of the Lord is great and terrible. Who can endure it? Now, therefore, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning. Verse 13, so rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Blow the trumpet in Zion, verse 15, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly, gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and nursing babes, let the bridegroom go out from the chamber and the bride from her dressing room. Let the priests who minister to the Lord weep before the porch and the altar saying, spare your people, O Lord. This is where we are right now. We have one hope and one hope alone. And he is the greatest of all who loves his people, who will not leave us or forsake us as orphans, but we are sons and daughters. And it says here that as we respond in this way, it says, then, say then, the Lord will be zealous for his land and pity his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people, behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil and you will be satisfied. You will no longer be a reproach among the nations. And then he says, fear not. For the Lord has done marvelous things. I'm jumping ahead. Do not be afraid. And then he goes down and he says this in verse 23. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down on you, the former rain and the latter rain. And then he says in verse 25, I will restore to you everything that's been consumed. You see, the truth is God is not going to allow his people to be destroyed but he's going to raise up in his people. Joel 2 is Acts 2. And then he goes on to say, later in Joel 2, he says, listen, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. That as you return to me with fasting and weeping, as you cry out to me, then I'm going to meet you in that place. And I'm going to pour out my spirit on you. And the glory of God is going to be seen in you. How do we know this? Because the word says, here's what he says in Isaiah 60. Arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness over the peoples. And that's what's happening right now. But the Lord, the Lord, the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations, nations will come before you. He is going to bring people before you. Because of the light that's in you. Because of the joy that's in you. Because of the word of the Lord and the truth that is in you. Lift up your eyes. And look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar. Your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth of the seas will be brought to you. 
the riches of the nations will come. Daniel 12, set three, verse 3 says this, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens and those lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. And so the Lord is saying to us this year, this is what I want you to do. Number one, you need to bow. You need to bow before me. And you need to do business with God on your knees. All of us. Search me, oh God. Search us, God. Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles 7.14 We've got to humble ourselves. We've got to repent. We've got to turn. We've got to turn away from the things, the, all of the false altars that we've built, all of the idols that we've put our hope in. And we've got to return back to the truth of who He is and the truth of who we are in Him. We are an army. And we've got to see ourselves rightly as warriors and stop being afraid. And it's hard to stop being afraid. But the more you gaze on the one who is fearless, the more fearless you will become. You will rise up with courage in your heart. You have to get a life in consistent prayer. Look, I'm just going to be really straight up with you. Start small. Do something. But you have to do it. You have to pray. You have to get a life in prayer. I don't care whether it's, I'm going to start at one hour a week. You've got to start. You've got to be in a place where you hear his voice. Every single person who belongs to him hears his voice. No one gets left out of this. If you can't hear, go spend time with him. He'll break in. I'll tell you what's keeping you from hearing God. Your soul. Your busy soul. We have a prayer room. It's like a greenhouse. You step in this prayer room, and I'm telling you, all of a sudden, you're in the Spirit. It makes it so much easier to pray. So I encourage you to come every day. Every day we're here. Number two, stand and receive. I want you to stand. See, it's time to ask for wisdom out of James 1.5. God needs wise people. You need to be wise. We've got to be wise because here's the truth. There's no way to navigate what's happening in the earth and what's coming upon the earth. There's no way to continue to prosper without the wisdom of heaven. If heaven's not speaking, you're not going to succeed. You will get taken away. You've got to look at heaven. You've got to look at Jesus and say, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do this? How do I speak to this? How do I prophesy to this mountain that is in my way and command it to go into the sea? How do I step into my authority and begin to walk this out? Come on, church. How do I receive this wisdom? We're going to do a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit in a minute. Number three... We've got to start operating in faith, meaning we've got to start operating and believing the things that are not today and believe them as though they will be. 
Every single call on your life is the impossible. Do you know how I know that? Because God. You will be known for all eternity as the greatest generation that ever lived on the earth. And the things that God's called you to do and and called you to believe is greater than any generation that's ever lived. Of course, it's going to be impossible. But as I look around this room, I am telling you that God has generals in this room who are called to lay hold of some of the greatest wealth that the world has ever seen. Because he's going to need to pay for what's about to happen. There's a harvest coming in, and you are those harvesters. You are the laborers in the harvest. And you're probably saying, well, I'm not an evangelist. Beloved, let me tell you something. You're just going to walk around and spill on people, and they're going to start falling out under the power of the Spirit. And they're going to say, what must I do to be saved? You haven't even done anything but sit there and have lunch in their restaurant. But you've got to be prepared to begin to scoop these people up and then know what to do with them. Once you get them all saved. Number four, take dominion. Take dominion. It's now, it's okay. Here's the thing it's not somebody else's job to fix your community, it's your job. It's your your job to change the schools, it's your job to get involved in local government, it's your job to get a sign. Get a marker. Get a bunch of posters. We're, we're now those people. Okay? Get a flag. Go around and wave it. Put a bumper sticker on your car. You've got to start speaking the truth and declaring the truth of what is happening which will dispel the lie. All right. And by my book. You can get it on Amazon. I'm sorry I didn't bring some here today. I'm going to bring some next week. But here's my book. You can get it on Amazon. It also has an audible version, which is awesome. It's easy to listen to. I think it's only 13 chapters, I think. I don't know. Anyway, it's an easy but a very meaty read. If you want to know, number one, why am I in Dallas? I don't know why I'm in Dallas. Okay? This will tell you. Number two, what's happening right now? I don't really get it. It's in here prophetically from years ago number three what has he called me to do and how do I respond who who am I supposed to be in this hour it's in here how do I succeed within this this whole craziness how am I supposed to be on the top of my game how do I continue to take territory for God right now for my family for my legacy, how do I continue to to ascend and 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 accelerate right now? It's in here. Well, Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you would come. Would you flood their house with your presence? Holy Spirit, would you come and anoint them with a fresh and filling. God, I pray that you would break off everything for the past couple of years in Jesus' name. God, that you would fill them up, overflowing with the power of your love. God, that it would be like a fresh wind, a fresh wave of your Spirit now. 
In Jesus' name, just lift up your hands and receive, receive. In Jesus' name, touch them deeply. I baptize you fresh, fresh fire, fresh fire. In Jesus' name, amen.